Welcome to Get Up in the Cool Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and Friends. It's October, aka Get Up in the Cool Month, the time of year where I take a little extra time to remind you that Get Up in the Cool is listener supported and that you're a listener, which means I need you to support the show. So I'll interrupt this episode halfway through to bug you about that, but if you want to beat me to it and go right now to patreon.com slash get up in the cool to choose a support level that you can sustain you have my blessing to 15 second forward skip your way through that section i'll put a link in the show notes to make up for the interruptions in your regularly scheduled programming i've saved some extra special episodes this week's friend is rachel bayman we had a great jam in conversation at valley of the moon i'm consistently impressed with rachel's ability to engage in deep incisive discourse while making it feel somehow casual and personal and she finds a way to connect it directly to the music which she plays and sings so expertly i always walk away from our conversations both on and off record thinking and feeling a lot and i think you will too just a couple announcements before we get started i'm playing the old growth old time festival in seattle washington this october 20th through 22nd come on out to that to hear some exciting new stuff Paul Poppy String Band is about to announce a Pacific Northwest tour, so make sure you're following us on social media. I'm teaching a four-part online banjo workshop series on old-time songs starting next Wednesday. Sign up now while it's on sale at CameronDeWitt.com store. I'll set it to full price on Saturday. That's also linked in the show notes for this episode. One of the episodes this month is going to be another Call Up in the Cool episode. It'll just be me, call-in radio style, answering your questions, and taking tune and song requests. You can send those to getupinthecool at gmail.com. Extra credit for sending a voice memo from your phone. I still have some leftover from last time, but I could use more. All right, enough business. Stick around afterwards to hear how you can keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Rachel Bayman. Enjoy. Thank you. 
<laughs> Dramatic flourish. <laughs> <The end. laughs> Dramatic. Rachel Bayman, welcome back to Get Up in the Cool. <gasps> thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Cameron. Yeah. Or Cam, as we've discussed. Yeah. I've recently started calling you. Yeah. You've uh, you've graduated to Cam levels well, of friendship. To be fair, I actually didn't get permission. I just started yeah. calling you Cam. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you been, do it. You passed. I haven't test. been told off yet. So. <laughs> what a cool tune! I I don't I don't know if I've played a tune before that goes. You have it? Like I don't know if I have. Like the minor to four oh. to like one. It almost sounds like it's like the master class music or something for oh, a moment. The pattern of the arpeggios, you mean? Yeah, and the chords. That I learned that B part I remember from Tyler Andall, and I'm not sure oh. why it's like an alternative B part to that tune and I don't know why. Um I think it's probably like a contest thing. Right. Yeah, because he's a big violin. contest he's player. He's a big contest player he knows yeah. he can like crush all of those contest tunes yeah. and um yeah so i don't know why i remembered it that way but yeah yeah i guess someone along the way maybe tyler was just maybe like was, maybe this tune <laughs> needs some fancy exactly. dramatic arpeggios exactly. to wow the judges <laughs> i mean listen he's he's not wrong he wins all the contests he does <laughs> can't argue with the results can't argue with the results tyler come on the show i'm a big fan yeah oh hot definitely come on tyler <laughs> we're at Valley of the Moon. It's my first time. Is it also your first time? It is also time? my first time, yes. First Valley of the Moon, although I grew up hearing about this camp, you know, the ultimate camp. Where were you hearing about Valley of the Moon as the ultimate camp? When did you first hear about it? So I went to um, Mark O'Connor camp. I mm -hmm. went to Col camp in Colorado, and I feel like a lot of those camps were spinoffs of this camp. Okay. Like they were kind of people taking that idea for a different region or a different style. Yeah. Obviously this is rooted in Scottish fiddling. So, yeah. And at the time it's very competitive to get into Valley of the Moon. It's okay. like a lottery system. Interesting. I didn't have inns. I didn't know anyone fancy. Right. I was, it was far away. It was expensive. Like, you know, it just yeah. wasn't going to happen for me, but I heard everything. Like it would be like, so-and-so teaches at Valley of the Moon. And then it was like, Oh, so, yeah. And all, a lot of the best musicians went here. So, yeah. 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 Well, we've made it. That's what <laughs> now, I said to Now George. we're the cool kids. We were standing there at <laughs> the faculty thing, and yeah. I was like, George, we've made it. Yeah. <laughs> it does so feel that silly. way. It does feel that way. Yeah. 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 It's funny the way that um, even in trad music, like, status and mm. ideas about that kind of thing and, and access can be I think the smaller the scene the more intense it is sometimes I think you're right I hadn't necessarily put that mm. together I think you're absolutely right mm -hmm. yeah. especially like I find it in old time because there's not a lot of external validation yeah there's not a lot of commercial validation people are like oh fun bluegrass yes yeah, <laughs> like you know there's not a lot of like people making a lot of money playing old time so right. because of that I feel like people are even more protective of their internal um, structures of status and like, you know, because they have to make one. You can like get into it so fast. I love Sorry. hanging out with you for this. No, this is great. We're like immediately like <laughs> talking about like take. power structures yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, I, I, I guess I'm curious, you know, as like 
a fiddle camp kid. Yes, yes. And, I but definitely as a, identify as. Yeah. As someone who moved into songwriting yeah. and isn't constantly uh, like pouring into your fiddle to try to yeah. like, compete for this scarce, I guess, status yeah. within these tiny communities. I'm, I'm wondering if you have a take on what that's like for you. Yeah, it's actually been really interesting because I've been in a lot of fiddle settings this summer. I went to Clifftop for a couple days. Didn't last very long in the camping, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I've come here to a fiddle camp, but I'm actually teaching songwriting, so I'm yeah. not really here as a fiddle player. And um, that's weird because like, I'm pretty comfortable with that normally. Like, I have been playing fiddle a lot for songwriters and for my own stuff. And I play fiddle for fun a lot, but yeah. I haven't been like promoting myself as a professional, like in the fiddle camp world of fiddle. Yeah. So I'm not like, it's not uh, a problem. It's just that my identity at a fiddle camp yeah. is so tied up in being a fiddle player that it's very strange to come here and be like, can I jam with yeah. the people on the fiddle? Cause I'm not here as a fiddle player. You know what I mean? So that's been weird. And also like, I've been trying to shake the dust off these mem- like I do actually know some Scottish tunes because I went to Scotland in college and played like tried to learn a bunch of Scottish music and went to Canada so they're they're in there somewhere yeah I'm trying to shake them <laughs> off but yeah I've definitely been experiencing some wild identity crises just coming back to these settings as like such a different musician yeah it's very weird it's so interesting to me because I only have you know, agency kind of in this like one area. And so for me, it's just like the, my identity and the things that I am good at are synonymous mm-hmm. and it's not very complicated for me a lot of the time. But a thing that I hear, I, I feel like, especially with like traditional fiddlers often is like, well, they'll sometimes they'll say like, I don't really consider myself like an old time fiddler, but then they know so many old time tunes and they can like sit in and participate. Mm -hmm. So there's this like disconnect between like identity Mm -hmm. and what you're able to do, which Mm. often feels kind of bizarre to me, but I feel like it's reified in, in these environments. I think (laughs) because I used to, it's like, if you don't keep up with it, it's hard to have all the tunes on your Like, I I haven't been keeping up with it. So when I go into jam, I feel like I don't have cool tunes to call. And I get really worried because my tunes were cool in, like, 2015. (laughs) I'm, like, behind. It's, like, talking about keeping up with it. It's, like, they're all fucking dead. (laughs) You know? Well, I know. It's not that I, like, I kind of have one foot. I'm, like, drinking the Kool-Aid, but then also I think the Kool-Aid's dumb. So I'm constantly (laughs) going through this. (laughs) The Kool-Aid's I'm constantly, like, going through. Like, I'm flip-flopping. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. And then I'm like, oh, no. Like, that's... I'm not... My tunes aren't cool enough. Like, I need to work on this, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that's... It's been very... That's been cool. But I'm trying to reapproach, as I was telling you the other day, that, like, I lost my passion for the fiddle, um... I think for a minute and I took this like hard turn into songwriting and that was really great. And now I don't associate the fiddle with like stress anymore. Like it doesn't, that's why I kind of had to step away from it because it just became very unfun or even unfulfilling. It was just like this big stress. Right. And now I can kind of go back. I can kind of enjoy it again. So I'm like trying to step back, but then I'm like, 
oh, it sounds so rusty. Oh, my God. <laughs> but also just I know too much. You know when you know too much and then you're like, oh, you know how not good you are because you know too much. <laughs> we got to stay in the dark out here. You stay in we got to stay in the dark. <laughs> it's like with, fiddle, uh, with guitar and banjo, I'm like... I don't know enough, so I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I sound great. <laughs> I deserve to be here. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. I have, like, a similar thing sometimes when I'm playing, like, old-time guitar or fiddle in certain situations where, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not very good at those no, things. No, but you can but, sound, but you sound but great. When, but, when I, but when I do those things in those contexts, it's like, oh, this is my, like, four fun sloppy times. Exactly. You know? And... No one is going to have this reflect on my worth as a person because this is extra credit. But what if you're doing your four fun sloppy times like at a fiddle camp with all the best fiddle players in the entire world and you haven't been practicing your fiddle in like three years? Yeah. So it's a little rough. <laughs> yeah. And and maybe at one point you identified as oh, a traditional so fiddle. Hard. So hard. I identified so yeah. hard. But yeah. I think it's, it's a good exercise emotionally, yeah. but it's a little bit difficult. But I have to say that I did learn about you that you actually are a songwriter. I am, yeah. We haven't heard this. I have a song to show you off record. Oh, I think you would appreciate going it. off the yeah, record. Yeah, we'll go off the record. I'm going okay. to do my songs okay. on here. Okay. Yeah. okay. Why? <laughs> what do you want to play next? Do you want to play um, Maysville? Over the Road to Maysville? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, this is the like Hartford version and not the Fraley this... version. Okay, yep. So at the beginning, he's like, Hartford says, like, Talks about John Fraley. Are you going to do the I'm not going to do <laughs> yeah. it, but this is it. So the question I pose to the audience is, am I messing up this rhythm or is did Hartford mess up this rhythm? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that... Because I haven't... We don't have any internet, so I couldn't actually reference to see if I was doing it wrong. I mean, G.P. Fraley counts a different amount of time every time when he Oh, plays. perfect. Yeah. Okay, great. So, then I don't feel... See? I don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> J.P. Fraley wasn't fretting about it. <laughs> Fretting. Over the road to Maysville.
tune. I know, I love I that love tune. I love that. Yeah. I love that tune. <clears throat> when did you start listening to John Hartford? Um, not until I was in college. Um, I was working with this guy, Matt Combs, at Vanderbilt, and he had played a little bit with John and kind of turned me on to some of that stuff, and then I got very into it. Yeah, at what, at what point were you so hooked that you decided to get this little, uh, <laughs> this tattoo? little tattoo? Oh, yeah. On your bow arm. Um, I got this in 2020. 2020? Um, but I had the idea for a while. But they they published that um, Fiddle Tunes book. Um, yeah, with, uh, it's a lot of has a lot of really cool John Harvard sketches in it, and um, that's that's why I got the idea because I was like looking at all the sketches and I was like, oh, those are actually just like love that style that he draws in, and it feels a little bit timeless to me. Like you know, you don't want to get a kind of aesthetic trend. Well, sure, on a tattoo because yeah. then you're like, that's not going to look good anymore. Right. <laughs> But I was like, I think I'm gonna like this. I'm gonna think I'm always gonna like this. It feels yeah. like classic. That's always the gamble. Yeah, I think it's a good gamble. But I also am like, odds. yeah. But then once you get a tattoo, you you realize that you're just like, oh, if even if I hate it in 30 years, I I don't care at all. Like I would just get any tattoo now because right. Once you break the seal, you're just like, do you have tattoos? No, I have some ideas. Yeah, exactly. The idea. first yeah. one you stress out so much about, yeah, I'm stressed about and it. then but then once you get one, then you're like, I'll just get a croissant. Like you decide the day of, like right. because it's like you, you literally have a croissant. I literally yeah. have a croissant, yeah. but it's because you realize that it just becomes a, a part of your life, and you don't, you're not going to regret it. It's just part yeah. of how you look, and then it's like this canvas that gets drawn on over time. And yeah. it's like snapshots. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. I promise, if you get a tattoo, you'll feel this way immediately. Uh, so this is a steamboat, and didn't he, like, work on steamboat? Yeah, yeah, this is the Julia Bell Swain steamboat, the paddle boat, and he did work on boats. And also this one, uh, he has a song called, about the Julia Bell, and it's he says it's a women's lib boat. Oh, yeah. And it's, a whim, it's like, Julia Bell, uh, the verse is, like, about how it has a, a women's captain and crew. It's a first, Julia Bell is a women's lib boat, the first I've ever seen. Uh, blah blah blah. Anyway, he talks about the, the crew, but I was yeah. um, Megan Lynch is uh, starting a project like a new Hartford Tunes project that she wants to do with all women. Yeah, and so she had me play on that song with her, and and I was like, oh, the Julie Bell. I was like, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so that was kind of fun. Was Har- was Hartford like a feminist? Like, I mean, I don't know. Listen. I've heard like some of his songs are like. That's he has, a a, he has intense, some saucy you know? lyrics. Right. I wouldn't, I think he Depiction, probably. endorsement. Who, yeah. <laughs> if you asked him, he probably would have said yes. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. But in practice, yeah. I'm not going to say he was a feminist icon. Are you going to go on record on Jennifer <laughs> Nicole and say John Harford is a feminist icon and yeah. they get canceled because of a couple things he said? I, I think I think he was not a feminist icon. Yeah. I will go on record saying I don't think he was a feminist <laughs> yeah. icon, but I think he wanted to be. Not, yeah. an, not an icon, but I think he had good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be an icon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was his goal, but yeah. yeah well, he's definitely an icon. He's an icon, but... Yeah. Of something. <laughs> something. <laughs> this is a cool tattoo. I think you're going to like it forever. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I do, I've enjoyed it thus far, and I'm ready to get like six more. So if you ever want to get a tattoo together, I'm down. That sounds fun. Yeah. Anytime I'm like, it's... it's like I'm saying, like I told you, including my first one, because I might be super stressed. I might be yeah. a bad vibe. 
Oh, but like, I don't mind. Okay, I could right. be your support animal. You'd be my tattoo doula. Yeah, like I, I don't <laughs> mind if you're stressed. It won't stress me out. Yeah. Okay. Great. I guess I, I guess there's limits on what I would get, but I feel pretty comfortable with getting more tattoos. Like I'm, I'm not gonna stress about it too much. <laughs> Should we play a song? I thought we were gonna go get tattoos. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put this on pause. Yeah. Um, a song, a song, song. A Rachel Bayman song. All right. Yeah. I feel very honored to get to include some songs on this oh, yeah. old time podcast. Yeah. Sneaking them on there. Yeah. I. Uh, I mean, old songs never die. That counts. That you played last time is now on your new record. Mm-hmm. Available now. Available go now. Go get it. Yeah. In whatever way gives Rachel the most money. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so glad to have gotten to hear it before it was recorded. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I enjoyed that. And now I play that a lot by myself. So it's, it was like I'm slowly working up the confidence for the solo show. But that was like early days. And I was like, ah! But yeah. did it. Oh, I wonder if I could put you on the spot. Sure. We were just talking about Hartford. You have a Hartford song on your new album. Yes. Do you want to do three songs? Because that's sure. like... Yeah, we could do that. That's I feel like that's... Yeah. Totally. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah, that's easy. I yeah. Can do that, no problem. Absolutely. Uh, what, key, what key is it in? It's in C. Can we, can we do that now? I usually play banjo on it. Oh, great. Can I play guitar on it? Yeah. Yeah, great. It's in G. Feel free to change it around. No, I'm, I'm saying oh, that's okay. in G. <laughs> I was playing out of G position. Or whatever. I don't think I've ever heard you play guitar. I'm going to be really mad because it's going to be really good. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and that's it. So, something we talked about last time you were on the show is you like to write songs about money and how terrible capitalism is. <laughs> And you were the one to point that out to me. I feel like you actually sculpted the whole um, yes. like story of this record because you kept you told me that, and I was like, you know what, you're right. Are you saying there's songs that came after that song that like no? Because I think we capitalist or like I think it was recorded, but I think you you helped me understand what the the thread was. I helped you with your like PR. Yes, like, yes, <laughs> the bio story. I'll, I'll send you because it's like request. yeah, yeah, like you do the. You do the writing, and you put it, and then you're like, yeah. what is this really? What's the, yeah. the through line? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love this album. It's Thank so you. good. Thank you. And I think this is the second thing that I heard from it. And it's because uh, you were showing us uh, last year when we were on tour in Colorado, you were showing us your music video oh, for yeah. this, where you do a lovely drag performance. <gasps> Oh, I do. Yeah. It's so great. I forgot about that. King. Go George off. maybe is King go off. George made me show you that. It was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, he did yeah, you did not want but I'm really glad that you acquiesced because it was so great. It was great to get a sneak peek. This is a John Hartford song that you Yeah, I added, to a little bit. added some words, I added some melodies. Um his version is quite short and it only has the one kind of the verse melody that I took here is kind of the melody that he had and then I added that sort of bridge part. I took some of the words he already had and made them into the bridge and then I added the second verse and some words in the third verse and stuff. So yeah, we co-wrote it. <laughs> I love that. So Nashville. <laughs> so but Madison. I was blessed to have my first co-write with John Hartford on this one. <laughs> but his daughter 
approved it and um the you know the catalog has approved it and like his uh daughter came to my show in boston and mm. she was like yeah he totally would have co-wrote that with you and i was like but he's still my heart <laughs> <laughs> so great <laughs> so yeah. that's pretty cute uh we'll like talk about it a little bit afterwards because mm-hmm. yeah, people have to hear that oh, content of got the song it, got it yeah uh yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Mm. Listen to the words because they're good. Yeah. He, yeah, it's a pretty good idea for a song. I mean, yeah. I wish it was, you know. I heard it and I was like, I must play. All right. Thanks for letting me play this. Oh, yeah. Thanks for letting me play oh. your guitar. Yeah. Such a beautiful band, though. Hey, y'all. I'm just going to take a minute to remind you that Get Up in the Cool is listener-funded. 
I love making an old-time and traditional music podcast, but it means that this show's audience is always going to be narrow. So for this show to be funded, I need you, the listeners, to help more than you would for a typical mainstream podcast. I don't get a lot of sponsors knocking down my door. I don't have a massive audience. I can only make this show every week because of a dedicated few of you. And I, I do mean few. At the time of recording this interlude... There are 141 Get Up In The Cool supporters on Patreon. That's like 5% of you. And I don't know what's typical for listener support for a podcast, but this isn't a typical podcast. I think I think 200 of you should be chipping in. That would change my life. I could pay my guests more. I could buy some new equipment. And most importantly, I could be more fairly compensated for my labor. I work really hard on this show, and while it's a labor of love, I can't eat love... Love doesn't pay for housing, especially in Portland, Oregon, where I live. So please, if this podcast means something to you and you're able, support it. I really need your help. Patreon.com slash getupinthecool. I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a link on my website and on the Get Up In The Cool website. Please sign up now. It's just a quick internet errand. And internet errands are so annoying. But this one will make such a huge difference in the quality of my life. Okay, back to the show liked my understanding is that the lyrics that you added mm. were to his already like fantastic concept mm. just such a sticky line how many men do you think it takes to make a self-made man it's so brilliant and so incisive and cutting and so hartford yeah yeah and then you added i think you added the lyrics about like kind of patriarchal femininity are you going to like uh-huh. like throw in with this man yes. as, as, as his, as his woman. That's kind of like that, that's sort of, um, like turning the blind eye and being like, I don't know what goes on. Yeah. It's like, but you're part of the system. Yeah. And the other change that I'm very proud of is his original lyric. This is such a nerdy songwriter thing, but, uh, his original lyric was like, have you ever seen the skeletons? His closet holds. Ugh. And I was like, have you ever seen the bones his closet holds? Like, it rhymes. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to sing. Right, yeah. So that's what we did in our co-write. We discussed. Yeah, that's good. That's that's, that's a good bunch of... And then what else did we change? Did I change the... um, Yeah, I moved the second verse and added the second verse. and Yeah. Yeah, I I really appreciate that uh, because it's simultaneously, like, caring... You know, it's just like, mm. what are you doing? Mm. What are you doing with this guy? <laughs> you know, but it's but it's also like, you know, um, there's a conviction there. And mm. a, Thanks. But yeah, it is also like it shows that it would be miserable for that role as well. Right. Yeah. What the do you think you're going to... self-made life, you know? Corner. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you're just in the shadow. You're just like a prop. You're part of this like facade. I was... Uh, reading some queer theory <laughs> as I like to do. <laughs> as we do, as and, we do. And Sarah Ahmed was uh, like talking about um, this like philosopher who's trying to like talk about the, the teleology of the writing desk and, you know, and it's like uh, status or whatever. And, and she's basically just like what's erased in this philosopher's like, you know, little experiment is like, who is feeding him the meals so that he can sit down and philosophize, you know, who's doing his laundry, Mm -hmm. who's doing all of this other labor that somehow isn't being counted in the labor that, you know, like to, that happens at the table or the labor to make the table. But there's all of this invisible labor, which is like simultaneously 
you know, in Hartford's original song, it's like, obviously, like, the biggest offenders are the other men who are trying to compete or reify this man's power. Uh, but the subject status of all of these women who are, you know, also involved in these men's lives, you know, maybe they don't get the power, but they also kind of get, like, this sort of plausible deniability. Totally. Yeah. They're also supporting it in that way through all that invisible yeah. labor and also not being credited with it. So it's like the yeah. self-made man is it's like how many men and women yeah. does it take to make this, you know, yeah. a self-made man. And there's some really cool, um, I feel like there's some TV shows that have done a really amazing job of like in House of Cards, the way they demonstrate the like the way that the wife is like. Uh-huh. Making things happen yeah. is, well, it, and in that show, she has her own ambitions, but it's like, it is wild. And the way that there's always been these like units and the different power that the wife kind of holds in these yeah. situations. That's a very like self-made man show. So anyways. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, well, I mean, once again, like, I really appreciate the way that you're able to like see the surface level issue and then go let's go a layer deeper mm. and not to check some sort of box or make some sort of like perfunctory statement, but you're like, Oh, there's another layer here. That's totally invisible. That actually really, really matters. Mm. And well, thanks. Thank you. Um, on the same note, like I feel like, um, one thing I love about John Hartford's writing is that there's this casual way. He talks about these really intense subjects. Yeah. The song's like such a perfect example of that, and yeah. um, he has a lot of those. So I, I always strive to be able to talk about something where you can just take it on the surface or you can take it deeper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's the magic with songwriting. If you can find a way to bring something, uh, like you say a line, and somebody who's only there, only ready to receive it right. on its surface level can enjoy it. Yeah. But if someone wants to get more out of it, they can, you know. Born in the USA or like any of those songs. It's totally. Like, it's so, ins it's, it's shrewd of those songwriters because it's like, we're going to like insert this into your head and you're going to be singing it by the time you figure out what it means. Yes. Then you have to, you have to ask yourself some questions. That's the magic. Yeah. The magic. It's like. Subliminal. Super villain shit. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you have taken over your your podcast, the songwriting podcast. <laughs> I, I tried to make it could not happen, but then I want it to happen this time. You're you're uh, a <gasps> special exception. Oh, I'm Songwriters so honored. Don't, don't come at me with you. Don't at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do another song. Talk about where people can go to yeah. buy your music. Great. And then we'll we'll end on another song. Okay. Or, or, or a tune. We'll Whatever decide. Yeah, later. I yeah. feel bad for stealing your... <laughs> okay, maybe we'll do a tune for the people who... I think people are going to enjoy it. Because, like, even though you're not necessarily always writing in an old-time idiom, like, you're writing about the same stuff that a lot of I I, uh, I, li I live on the fringes of the old-time scene. Yeah. At, well, absolutely. And, like... I play the banjo. <laughs> I, I'm saying, like, your songwriting isn't necessarily, like... You don't necessarily always sound like Olabel Reed, you know, or or whatever. No, but just... you're writing about a lot of the same things. Okay, I see. What you're and saying. is what the point I'm trying okay. to make, and I think it is relevant okay. to what La we're doing. Whatever, here. whatever works for you. Works yeah. for me. All right, leverage and labors. All right. 
two. segment about how great I think that song is <laughs> and how scared it reminds me I am of uh, venomous spiders <laughs> but what we got to do in six is we got to go yes. teach classes we got to go teach classes because we're that's gotta the earn real our reason we're here yes um what we should do instead for now is talk about where people go to follow you buy your albums your um, new album sure how to find out when you're coming to their so town. So my website is rachelbayman.com. That has all the things. Um, B-A-I-M-A-N. And then I'm also on Instagram at rachelbayman. And uh, I have a weekly Substack newsletter, which 
hopefully it's going out right now. (laughs) (laughs) We have no internet here. (laughs) Uh, Which is called The Weekly Croissant. And you can sign up for that. And that's if you don't like to follow social media, that's like the best way. Or if you do and you just want more delicious croissants in your life. (laughs) Buttery flaky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Cam. Oh, thank, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm such a big fan of your songwriting and the things you have to say. And you're a great old-time fiddler that I love playing Thank with. you, Cameron. <laughs> and oh, I identify you that's as an so, old-time that's so fiddler. Nice. We didn't do Lost Girl yet, did we? Let's do Lost Girl. Let's end on the tune. No, that really does mean a lot to me because I get worried that I'm just... When I'm not here as a fiddle player, I get worried that I'm just being annoying trying to play with people. So then I'm thinking. Someone shared something about like imposter syndrome, and it's like, what? If, what if instead of it being a bad thing, it was like, oh yeah, like I'm like a spy or like a con artist? Oh, yes, you know? I heard a podcast where a lady was saying that. She's like, then I just think, well, if I'm that good at faking it, I deserve these awards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Visit Rachel Bayman's website to sign up for her mailing list and her substack, The Weekly Croissant. She's touring the West Coast right now with Willie Carlisle. That's like a dream, Bill. Two great songwriters. Her schedule is on her website and her Instagram. She's about to release a deluxe edition of Common Nation of Sorrow, so be on the lookout. I've also heard some scuttlebutt about some projects coming down the line, and they're really exciting. I'm probably not allowed to talk about them, Uh, but uh, you want to make sure that you're following her in all the places and signed up for all of the things. I put links to all that in the show notes for this episode. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, also linked in the show notes, along with links to sign up for banjo lessons with me, pitchforkbanjo.com, my Clawhammer instructional video series, and my old-time trio, Top Hoppy String Band. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool. Oh, one more thing. We didn't have time to record a bonus track for that level of Patreon supporters, so I just 
took it upon myself to record one of Rachel's songs. So here's the bonus track. This time it's for free. Uh, if you want to hear the rest of the weekly bonus tracks, go sign up at patreon.com slash get up in the cool and sign up for the weekly bonus track tier. think there'd be such a thing worth more than a diamond ring you can't buy you can't spend the loving arms of a true friend did you ever think there'd be such a thing the money men try to gauge its worth a million dollars for every verse you can't claim you can't own the songs that live inside my soul the money men try to gauge its worth Thank you. 